0: You're listening to vet to vet Coaching with your host, Dr. Ginger Templeton. Today's episode is episode number 21, and we're talking about questioning deep assumptions. I am very excited to be offering a new program called Spark. It is weekly group coaching available for veterinary team members. I firmly believe that everyone deserves access to an objective, highly trained, knowledgeable coach. But let's face it, one-to-one coaching can be expensive and group coaching not only is affordable, but it provides a unique benefit. What is group coaching? You're going to come into a zoom call. You may submit a question and may be picked to be coached in front of the group. You don't have to be coached in front of the group. And that's where the unique second benefit comes in by listening to others, get coached through their problems. You are going to learn how to apply these tools to your own concerns. And because this is a group of veterinary team members, you are going to hear issues that you are facing. You are going to hear issues that your team is facing. This is going to be highly relevant to your day to day. So, for $67 a month, you can get group coaching on a weekly basis and have access to me via email for quick questions and the tools that I teach. If you want to sign up, go to my website, Dr. Ginger Templeton. That's drgingertempleton.com. If you're not sure if this is right for you, just send me an email. We'll talk through it. ginger at vet Don't delay. SPARK is going to be an amazing program. It's going to change the lives of veterinary team members. I want to see you there. All right, guys. I never know what to call you. I always say guys. I don't want to say listeners. That sounds kind of, I don't know, weirdly formal. Um, I'll have to come up with a name for my my followers. Okay, so shifting gears, we have been talking about basics. Basics of well-being, basics of habit basics of you know some of the burnout and things that we faced in the bed in the veterinary field but I don't want to just be one more voice in the field you know telling you to habit stack telling you you know to set a daily routine of meditation telling you to get some exercise in and all of the things that you know that you should be doing and yet maybe you're finding time and maybe you're not I really want to take this podcast and my message a little bit deeper. And I want to guide you into really digging into your brain, your mind, your thoughts, your assumptions. And that last word assumptions is where I'm going to start with the next 10 episodes. We're going to be questioning assumptions. And I think that this is a really valuable exercise. It's something that I do Almost automatically, it's just the way that my brain works, or maybe the way that I have trained my brain over decades to work. For those of you who aren't natural questioners, I think this is a really important skill to develop, to hone. The art of questioning what you know and what you assume can really open things up professionally and personally. Don't worry, I'm going to take you through it step by step. But let's talk about why to ask why, why to question. Well, I've been getting the question lately, what is coaching? A lot of people assume that coaching is consulting or that it's kind of sort of like therapy, right? And it's just somebody providing, you know, maybe sort of therapy and talking time who isn't really a therapist, Neither of those is accurate. So good coaching, quality coaching is, is anything but consulting. Cons- a consultant comes in and they tell you what to do. And you pay them a lot of money. And you hopefully implement what they tell you. And hopefully it works. And hopefully you stick to it long enough to see the benefit and to recoup your investment consulting can be great in the veterinary field because many of us, you know, we are not formally trained as business owners, as business thinkers. And so sometimes we just need somebody to come in and tell us what to do. And if you are not really loving the business side, and you absolutely love practice, you know, maybe you do need a consultant. However, coaching is not consulting. As a coach, I Start from a place of assuming that you hold the answers to your problems. Now, the way that I approach coaching is that I blend personal and professional coaching. And so I assume, I trust that you have the answers somewhere in your brain, somewhere in your heart and soul to answer the problems in your personal life and to answer the problems in your professional life. And quite frankly, those two things overlap way, way more than we would like. And that's why I bring personal and professional coaching together into one space for veterinarians and your teams. That said, that might sound a little bit like therapy, right? So you go, you meet with a therapist, you talk for an hour about your problems, and hopefully you walk away with solutions. A good therapist understands the diagnostic criteria for mental illness and hopefully the appropriate treatments and they implement on those. A coach does not address mental illness. It would not be legal. It would not be ethical and would not be appropriate. Now, do people with mental diagnoses, mental health diagnoses come and see coaches? Sure. Many, most in our population have at some point dealt with a mental health issue. That does not mean they cannot see a coach, but as a coach, I'm not going to talk to you about solving your depression. Uh, addressing your anxiety directly, if those things are to the point of being debilitating, if those things are to the point of, of you know, meeting the diagnostic criteria, then I'm going to refer you. I'm going to strongly encourage uh, you to see a therapist, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, whatever is appropriate. That said, I do talk to you about your problems. And in particular, I listen to you talk about what you perceive to be your problems. I am a thought partner. What does that mean, a thought partner? I sit with you, provide a space for you to think and problem solve. I listen, I listen actively, I take a lot of notes. And then if I'm doing my job well, I strategically place questions. And this is what we're getting to with the whole why, the whole questioning of assumptions. My job as a coach is to listen and question and not question in an aggressive way that questions your core, that challenges you as if I don't trust you or believe you. I question to open up the thought process for you so that you can go to the next level and so that you can start to learn how to ask these questions on your own. So again, these last 20 episodes, we've dealt with really basic steps of creating a foundation of well being. And that foundation is really critical. If I start asking you to question, if I start asking you to challenge your assumptions, and we don't have that basic core foundation of mindfulness practice, of self care, of attention to your own well being and your own needs of compassion to yourself and others then questioning can really shake things up in an inappropriate and unhealthy way. And it can leave you feeling chaotic. That's not my goal. So as we move forward, I really want to make sure that you have started to work on a daily or weekly practice around self-care and well-being. If you're just tuning into this episode, I want you to go back and listen and learn and start to implement the Healthy Mind Platter, and the self-compassion and the self-care and all of the things that we've talked about up to this point. Once you're doing that, once you have that, not just foundation, but runway to go forward, to go to the next level, then come back and let's start to question some assumptions together. Now, assuming you have that foundation and that runway in place, I'm going to give you some guidelines behind how I want you to question the assumptions in your life. It is critical, absolutely imperative that if you're going to start questioning, or if you've long been a questioner, but you're going to move forward with deeper questioning, that you come at this from a place of lightness. It's very, very easy. If you're naturally someone who asks a lot of questions, and doesn't simply accept things as they are, to do so aggressively, to do so combatively. And you can do that with others, but you can also do that with yourself. That's not what we are going to do. We're going to come at this from a place of curiosity, openness, and maybe a little bit of detachment. If you think about questioning something, if you think about digging into a problem, and you're holding it really, really tightly and you're holding it really, really tightly in your grasp, and you're wanting to pick it apart, and you're gritting your teeth, and you're clenching your fists, you might need to take a step back and be a little bit detached from the problem, and then ask some questions about it with a little bit of curiosity and a little bit of light and an open heart. Byron Katie is... I guess you could call her a coach. She's a writer. She's a thought leader, I guess we can say. And I'll be the first to admit, she's, she's a little bit out there. You know, she may not appeal to all of you, but when she's coaching, when she's working with someone in crisis, she asks the question, is it true? And that is her model. That question is at the base, at the core, at the center of everything she does when she's working with somebody through a problem. Now, she's kind of like maybe a life coach, a personal coach. And so she's dealing with a lot of personal questions. So I'm going to use this approach to introduce the concept of questioning to you. And I'm going to do it with a personal question. And this is theoretical. This isn't something that I'm actually grappling with. And yet that gives me the great opportunity to ask a question from a place of lightness and detachment. So the question that I'm going to ask is... My husband loves me. Is it true? So you may know I've been married for 22 years, have a great relationship with my husband. I'm very lucky in that regard. My husband loves me. That's the assumption, right? I don't even spend much time thinking about it. I just know it to be true. Is it true? When I ask that question, how does it feel? So I hope that reflexively you're asking a similar question in your own brain so maybe you're married maybe you're not maybe you're in a relationship maybe you ask the question about a parent my mother loves me is it true my child loves me is it true does that feel rebellious does it feel like you're instigating does it feel curious does it feel subversive my husband loves me Is it true? That could be a subversive thought, depending on how you were raised and depending on the relationship that you're in. Does it feel needy? Does my husband love me? Is there a little bit of need a little bit of vulnerability there? My husband loves me. Is it true? Yes. It's a reflexive answer. It's a gut reaction. I know the answer. Yes. Your gentle curiosity, when you ask a question like this, is going to reveal a very quick reply. It might be yes, it might be no, it might be I don't know, but it's going to come very quickly, deeply, you're going to hear it in your mind. Whatever that immediate reflexive gut reaction is, that's your answer. Now, what if the answer is, I don't know, I'm not sure does my husband love me? Well, then you try flipping the question. Okay, flip it. Does my husband hate me? No. You see how that comes in very quickly. So even if you didn't know the answer to does my husband love me, you might quickly know does my husband hate me? No. Okay, so then what's another version of that question? Does my husband like me? Hmm, that's a little different, right? Uh, So maybe your response is yes. Maybe your response is No, maybe your response is sometimes, not now, things are difficult. Again, if you're gentle, if you're curious, if you're not clenching tightly around this question, you're going to get an answer. And then you just lightly hold that answer. It doesn't have to mean anything more than it means. Now, some of the answers, especially when you start questioning deeply like this, they may feel very scary. They may trigger some insecurities around attachment, around ego, the more you practice asking questions, the more you practice approaching your assumptions with a gentle questioning curiosity. The more the world is going to open up, the less negative attachment you're going to feel, the less anxious attachment you're potentially going to feel. And the more simple acceptance of what is in this world. When I ask, does my husband love me? If I answer no, has anything changed? No, I'm just developing an awareness around what is. But the circumstances that I live in have not changed. So that's all well and good with a personal question. And you can probably think of 10 different personal questions to ask and play with. And I would encourage you to do so. I would encourage you to do so in your head and then maybe even journal about it. That said, I want to try this with some veterinary assumptions. So in our career, we build our professions around certain beliefs, certain assumptions. And some of them are very, very broadly held and some of them are personal But they are there. And so over the course of the next 10 episodes, I'm going to introduce five assumptions that I see in our field, and we're going to work through these questions around them. The first one is very common. It's the assumption that we must love animals. And taking that a step further, it's sort of the implicit assumption that we must love animals and animal well-being is the answer to the question, why? Why are you a veterinarian? What is your purpose? Animal care. Now, let me back up and say, patient care is at the core of what I do. I do care very much first and foremost about the well-being of my patients. But to assume that every veterinarian loves animals so deeply and that their life is centered around pets. It's not necessarily always true. And I would say that it's not necessarily necessary for someone to be a good practitioner. But because this is an assumption in our field, I think sometimes we as practitioners can experience guilt and perhaps even burnout around this concept. So let's pick it apart. You're a vet. You love animals, right? How many times have you heard that? So I've, I've been in lectures where the person giving the talk maybe isn't a veterinarian, but they're speaking to veterinarians. And they'll start with a statement like, we all know you love animals, but. And then they go into like the, the finances or the business or they'll say, we, we know you'd do this for free if you could. I had a therapist say that to me once. She's a great therapist. But she said, you know, we'd give away our services for free if we could. No. I wouldn't. I actually would not. I would not work as a veterinarian for free. Does that make me a terrible veterinarian? It doesn't. It means I value myself. Okay, so let's dig into this assumption. You're a vet. I love animals too. You're a vet. You must love animals. Is it true? What's your gut reaction? you love animals. Is it true? There's no right or wrong answer here. You may say yes, you may reflexively say yes, of course, of course, I love animals. Why else would I be a veterinarian? Why else would I take a lower salary than my physician colleagues to do a similar job? Of course, I love animals. You may pause and hesitantly say no, I don't really love animals anymore. Maybe you used to. Remember that exercise we did the first few weeks, and hopefully some of you are still doing it, where I had you write down a couple of assumptions that you had, a couple of expectations that you had about being in the career of veterinary medicine? The point of that was to think about what brought you, what your original why was in coming to veterinary medicine. But it is really important for us to acknowledge that values change over time. That does not mean that what was once your value never was. It means that as human beings, our values shift. And there aren't better values and worse values. There just are our personal values. And so you may have come to veterinary medicine from a place of loving pets loving dogs and cats, loving bunnies, whatever your species is, wanting to help them. And you may now 20 years later, find yourself in a place where your focus is very different. You're focused maybe on children, maybe you're caretaking your parents. Maybe you're focused on the community on politics on social justice. Whatever the case, maybe your values have shifted. If you're Got reaction to the question, do you love animals? Is it true? Is no, I'm here to tell you that that does not take away your talent, your credibility, your impact as a veterinarian. Some of you may know this, you may know it intuitively, you may see that you connect more with the humans than their pets, and that that is your pathway into caring for those pets, because you are good at communicating with the people and caring for the people, they in turn, are better at caring for their pets. Now, this may have a negative outcome. This may be something that you experience in, in a not so positive way. If you are feeling the answer to the question, if, if you're hearing, do you love animals? No. And there is anger There is resentment. There is regret about your career choice. There's that, you know, visceral, acidic, negative sensation in your gut, in the back of your throat, maybe. Then questioning this assumption has just taken on even greater value. Now, I still want you to approach it from a place of lightness, curiosity, gentleness. I want you to be compassionate with yourself and with the answers to the question. But I still want you to listen and hear the answer and journal about it. And if you hear the answer of no, but you feel feelings associated with it that are very negative, whether they are directed at yourself, you're not caring enough about pets, or directed at others, I resent my clients, I resent my patients, then this is a springboard. This is a great starting point where we go, okay, what's next? What do you love? What is true? And if you had never asked that question, if you had been too afraid to open up to the answer to that question, well, then you probably would not move on to the next stage and phase of your life. What if you answer with, I don't know, I can't tell, I'm numb. Again, that's worth exploring. And it may be months months of exploring to really get to the core of what's going on with you in your career. And what was your original passion? What were your original values and where are they now? But by being willing to open up to the question, do you love animals? You open the door to a new future and that future may or may not include animals and that's okay your homework, I'm sure you've already guessed it. I want you to ask this question. And I want you to journal about it. I also want you to start paying attention to the questions that pop into your mind, and the assumptions that you carry. And you can just jot them down, you don't necessarily have to do anything with them. But if you hear yourself making an assumption about your career, or about your personal life, I want you to just jot it down, make a list. And start to at least notice the assumptions that you carry about your own life. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We are definitely getting into more coaching. So I'm hoping that you'll learn to coach yourself. And I'm hoping that if you feel you need and would benefit from coaching, that you'll reach out to me and we can set something up. I'll see you back here next week as we continue to question assumptions and learn more about exploring those deep held beliefs that we hold. Take care. Dr. Templeton is a licensed veterinarian in the state of North Carolina. She is not a medical doctor or mental health provider. The content of this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. It does not substitute for medical or mental health care. The content of this show is not meant to diagnose or treat any human medical or mental health conditions, veterinary medical conditions, nor is it meant to provide legal or financial advice. At Vet2Vet Coaching, we take mental health and the veterinary suicide issue very seriously. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts, thoughts of self-harm, or a mental health crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at one 800 273 8255 or seek emergency care locally.